I'll preface this podcast conversation by saying, don't worry, this is not a podcast about how podcasting is popular. That would be the most eye-roll-inducing podcast topic of all time. We all know the crucial role this medium plays for today's media consumption, and the growing importance it will play for people looking to get filled in on whatever niche topic, interest, conversation that they enjoy listening to. But today's conversation takes a different look at podcasting, focusing on the value that this medium brings to companies. Because more companies should be using the resource that is podcasting. Today, I chat with Julian Lewis and TJ Bonaventura, who are the co-founders of StudioPod, a full-service podcast media and production company. We dive into the value podcasting will play for B2B as well as internal company communication. This is a really fun conversation that takes a different look at podcasting. Enjoy. so pleased to be joined here by Julian and TJ of StudioPod. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the deeper values to podcasting, um, the value it can play for companies both in owned media and paid media, and of course really how podcasting can help companies uh, better communicate internally. Uh, Julian is a former professor of mine, somebody who uh, has been a fantastic confidant over the past, I don't even know how long. So this is very exciting. Uh, welcome to both of you. Thank you for having us. Thanks Excited for having to us. Be on. All right. Well, I, I guess as a little bit of a deeper intro beyond what I was able to give there, I left it sort of ambiguous as what StudioPod is. Um, so I guess if you guys want to jump into it, because I imagine it'll probably weave its way through many of the themes I just sort of hinted we're going to be chatting about. Yeah, sure. I'll go ahead and take it. Um, so StudioPod is a full production uh, podcast company where we aim to help both individuals and organizations create their podcasts from the ideation stage all the way to the publishing um, in a very turnkey way. Um, the idea first came about in 2016 where I was living in New York at the time. I tried to start a podcast, as many people do, and failed at it, to be quite frankly. I just realized it was very difficult to uh, you know, do the simple things like, uh, or what you would think would be simple, like editing or any post-production, cover art, writing the show notes, uh, let alone I didn't know where to host it at the time. You know, I had to learn about RSS feeds and all the nitty-gritty things of a podcasting that you don't see behind the scenes. Um, and so... Uh, it made me realize that there needed to be something that was a little bit more turnkey. And I wish I was able just to create my audio and uh, give it to somebody and it can turn into a podcast. Um, so that was the initial idea. And then uh, fast forward to 2018, um, I'm really gnawing on it for a while. And I was working for a large tech company and any conversation I would have with uh, an individual at the tech company um, or one of my clients at the tech company, I should say, I always brought up podcasting and asked, you know, why aren't you doing podcasting? You know, have you thought about it? And the answer was always the same. 
yes, we want to, but we're not prioritizing it right now, or we want to do it, but we just don't have the time to do it. Uh, and I said, well, what if there's a studio or a production company out there that would allow you to do it, um, where you could just give them the audio and it could be completely turnkey? And the answer was the same every time. If something like that existed today, we would either continue to have our podcast or we would start it. Um, and so that was kind of the initial idea around it. Yeah. And, and just to, to jump in, you know, I started uh, as a client of TJ's at Studio Pod. We met at a mutual friend's house party. We were talking about a bunch of different things, but podcasting was uh, one of the things that we really, really connected on because he's like, I have a studio uh, where you can come record your podcast, leave it and do all the things that TJ just described. And because I had a podcast at the time, my biggest pain point was everything after the recording. I would spend my entire Sunday actually editing and doing all the things and it just wasn't my skill set and for me you know podcasting was a great way to not only amplify the message of the podcast that i had but also you know i really saw it as a way to leverage it as a marketing vehicle so i had a podcast called couple collective and the ultimate goal wasn't to make money from ad revenue the goal was to help couples with things that they're going through and then ultimately try to get them in person uh, to interact with one another. So that's how we came together because once I walked into that building and I saw the space, I was like, this is a great space, but I really believed in the concept and you know, uh, weaseled my way onto the team to become a co-founder of the business. Yeah, and when you talk about the marketing aspect, Julian, and I guess TJ, that also goes to one of the early comments you just said, where you said, I'm having these conversations with these companies saying, why aren't you doing podcasting? Um, because I think a lot of people probably think, oh no, podcasts are for people who have that very particular interest or passion and they know, oh, I can be the voice of reason within this niche. Um, but clearly I'd imagine the people you are talking to are people who are in business and you're seeing a much greater opportunity for developing a podcast beyond that. So I guess I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit more to that mentality for producing podcasts. Yeah, I think what we're seeing now, um, and it wasn't, you know, where the change was from like say 20, you know, 16, even 2018 is that um, podcasting is now an extended, an extension of your brand, whether you're an individual or an organization, right? Um, it is no longer, uh, a medium to where you can just make a ton of money as an individual, as like a side hustle. Like you, like you said, like you really care about a, a specific topic or, you know, something that you just are very passionate about and you put out this really awesome content and then all of a sudden advertisers are out there, you know, throwing you money left and right. Um, it has become a, quite a saturated industry and everyone is creating podcasts, which is awesome for us as producers, but where the challenge becomes is allowing our clients or anyone who wants to start a podcast to know that getting that listenership isn't going to be as easy as it once was. Um, it is now, uh, Julian's going to laugh at me because this is a term that I like to say all the time, it is, uh, it is past its infancy and in its toddlership. So, you know, it's got legs, it's walking, it's talking, um, it's, gonna, it's, gonna, it's got a mind of its own. And even now it's like it's growing, you know, at an exponential rate, which is, which is awesome. Um, so I would say, for companies, what we're starting to see from an external perspective that they're they're starting to leverage podcasting as a way to supplement marketing efforts such as events, right? Because events cost 
I don't know, anywhere between a hundred thousand, fifty thousand to a million dollars to produce. And your goal is to what? Gain more leads, get more, get more customers, right? A podcast is going to be a fraction of that cost. And if you get two to three, you know, leads or, you know, four to five uh, customers because of it, then your ROA, the ROI, excuse me, is exponentially uh, increased there. Yeah. And, and, you know, another element that I'd add as well. So yes, there are a ton of podcasts out there, over a million podcasts that are out there and growing, but there are 3 billion people on Instagram, right? A space where you're creating and trying to have your brand voice, where you have to have sight, sound, motion, and all of those things. With this, podcasting gives you a way to get your brand voice out there and not only leveraging it as a tool to get your brand voice out there, but to connect with the people in the industry that you want to connect with and using it also as a networking tool. So when you reach out to somebody cold and say, hey, I want you to buy my product, it's a lot harder to get a response when you do that versus saying like, hey, you're a thought leader in the space where you have this topic that we'd love for you to add color to. Will you come on? And then you start to build a genuine relationship because not only are they helping to put you in that spotlight of thought leadership, but you're also giving them a chance to amplify their voice. So it's a great tool, both for marketing and for networking. Yeah, especially in an era where now it needs to be so much more personalized. And maybe that also just speaks to influencer marketing of, you know, it needs to feel genuine and authentic. So I wonder from that, when you think about companies and what they should really be doing with podcasting, um, you know, I think most companies I can think of any random company, I don't know, Puma, I don't know why that just came to my mind, but I promise you they're going to have an Instagram account, a YouTube channel, and maybe for some of these companies, they're even experimenting with something like Twitch, but it is weird how podcasting is maybe more of an afterthought than it should be. Um, is that what you guys are experiencing with your conversations with other companies? Yeah, definitely. I would say, you know, video is uh, a hot item that everybody wants and has been leveraging for some time now. And I will never knock video in terms of the amount of engagement that happens with the video. It's very expensive to produce in terms of talent and, you know, the look and feel editing and all of those things. But also you have to try to get somebody in a captive state where they're sitting on their couch in front of a TV or sitting on their phone, looking at their screen. And while people do that, they're typically multitasking. And so all of that, those visuals that are beautifully created, um, aren't necessarily always being seen because people are heads down while they're watching TV. And so I definitely think that podcasting is underrated in that sense, because to TJ's point, you know, it, it, has, it, it, it could be pricey when it comes to like a high-end production, but at the same time, it's not the same as like a conference or producing a television series. And, you know, you still have an opportunity to get a lot of reach because it's a medium that's continuing to grow. And, you know, over 55% of the country has listened to a podcast before, and that's grown exponentially over the last few years. The the one thing, Dylan, I want I want to touch on there that you said um, earlier was the authentic voice and creating something that is a uh, genuine. I think a lot of us, especially if you've you know if you're a consumer and you've been getting you know marketed by these different large brands, no matter what they are, you start to realize what an ad is, right? Like you start to understand, okay, this is an advertising. I, I get what they're trying to do here, but like 
how about be real one time? Like be real with me. And I think creating podcasts is a great way to show, um, you know, get behind the scenes of a company and what they're trying to do. Um, even if it is a highly produced podcast, you can still make it sound like very authentic and genuine in that, in that realm. So I, we're starting to see companies kind of use podcasting as that um, channel to, to create that authentic voice. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Julian. No, 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 please. I, the only other thing I was going to say was the brand bringing that authentic voice is huge, but you're seeing a lot of CEOs and CMOs and individuals starting their podcast. So their voice gets out there. So not only do you know a little bit of the behind the scenes of the brand, but actual individuals who are at those brands. And a perfect example is Kara Golden, the CEO of Hintwater. She has a phenomenal podcast in which she's not talking about hint water the whole time. I think in the beginning she would ask people, you know, or at the end of the show, she would ask people like what their favorite hint water is, but the show is really to talk about like business leaders and the challenges that they go through. But like, not only is she putting hint water on a pedestal, she's putting herself and helping to grow her individual brand. Yeah. And you know, with these huge companies, obviously the marketing teams, you know, it's, it's a, it's a well-oiled machine anything that's going to be executed. And with that probably comes a lot of checks and balances of, you know, we have a whole team devoted towards our tone of voice. And now you're telling me that you want to just get on a blue Yeti microphone and speak totally unfiltered. So I'd imagine even that might be quite a concept for companies to wrap their heads around. So when you're conferring with a company or maybe somebody who's just trying to build a personal brand, how do you go about sort of meeting the two of you have to be unfiltered, but at the same time, you really do need to uphold exactly what it is that you want your uh, target to really perceive you as? Yeah, I think the answer to that is just um, just a lot of thought and prep work that goes into it, right? Like I think oftentimes and organizations are, are guilty of this as well as individuals that we work with that they think that they can just buy a mic and then start talking and they're going to have really awesome content right? That is not the case whatsoever. And we would never recommend that maybe 1% of those who podcast have the capability of doing so. And of those 1% that do it, I guarantee you, they prep more than what you would think. I'll, I'll, uh, piggyback, I'll piggyback off of what yeah. you said, TJ. Um, starting with a plan is huge. Oh, yeah. Not only starting with a plan of, of laying out like, you know, what you want your segment or topic to be, but like also starting with that audience. Who is your audience? Pick an audience member or an individual, create that persona, not just demographics, how you might buy the rest of your media, your digital media, but focus on a persona of somebody in which you want to target. So for instance, TJ and I have a podcast called The Pod on Podcast, where we talk about tips and tricks for podcasting, right? TJ and I, before we started, we said, okay, who is our audience, right? We wanted to be the folks that talk to that curious and scrappy podcaster. So like someone just like you, Dylan, who, you know, wanted to start a podcast and was like really interested about it and wanted to get started and wanted to try to do everything on their own. You are our audience because you're curious about it and you're scrappy enough to start it on your own. And so no matter what, every single episode has to be talking directly to Dylan. And so I think brands need to, to keep that in mind when they're planning and prepping. And in terms of being unfiltered and all that, like, I'm not so much concerned about that. It's more about making sure that what you are saying is resonating with your consumer because otherwise you're going to lose them. Yeah. And, and Julian, I think the one thing that I want to touch on there too is like the idea of being super targeted. There is 
there was the metric, the golden metric of subscribers and downloads. And Dylan, you know this, that owning a show, like that's what you're constantly looking at. You want to know how many people are actually paying attention to it. But from an organization perspective, if you can develop that super targeted um, content that's going to be going out to your consumers or your potential clients, um, especially in the B2B space, that is super, super valuable because now you are creating something that's going to be specific to either existing clients or prospects. And those in turn will ultimately bring, again, not to you know beat a dead horse, to the, the higher ROI and the more valuable um, customers you know uh, through the funnel. Yeah. And so obviously what I just went in all about was the sort of B2C approach with podcasting. But to what you just said, TJ, there's a whole nother level there that I think, again, a lot of people aren't thinking of is what is the B2B opportunity with podcasting? Because even that, it sounds like, all right, if I'm, you know, I'm listening to the daily, I'm doing things that might even be separate from my work. But now, and because Julian, this was a point you brought up earlier as well that I really like is, you know, podcasting sort of is a medium that meets the 2020, almost 2021 attention span of, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going to be able to watch the full video, but if I'm on the go, I'm doing other things, I can listen to that podcast. And that's probably going to apply to businesses and their prospects. So uh, I guess if you two could elaborate of what is the opportunity um, for their uh, being sort of B2B uh, podcasting potential. I touched on it a bit earlier in terms of that thought leadership and giving a platform to that business or that customer in which you're trying to win business from, or it could be an existing business that you're already working with and you really want to highlight an individual because it's going to help to elevate their career. And you know, one of the best examples of this is a company called Liftoff. Uh, so they're in like the mobile ad tech space and they've been doing this for some time and I think they've migrated it into a podcast now as well. But essentially what they do is they highlight customers that work with them and they call them their mobile heroes, right? It's such a brilliant idea because they're putting that individual on the spotlight and it's only going to help that person's career trajectory. And then other clients and prospects that are interested in working with them they're going to want to work with them to an extent that they can also be that mobile hero. It evolved into, I think it started as a blog. Then it was, they actually made a physical uh, comic book and now they have a podcast as well. And so it's just a great way to really highlight the work that you're doing through the people who are already your customers. And that's like one of the easiest ways to do it without saying like, this is a podcast about our product, buy our product. It's like, we are highlighting people who are leveraging our product to do amazing things. And, and there's a relatively low lift to have a guest join your podcast, right? Um, I think that is that's something that is still the case, no matter you know where you are in your, your your maturation stage with with the show. Everyone wants to be on a podcast because it's fun. Not everybody wants to be part of a case study because it takes a lot of you know uh, back and forth. Not everybody wants to be a speaker at a conference because it can be overwhelming or you know scary. To, you know to be frank, but being on a podcast is something where you can honestly have an authentic conversation, especially if it's around something that two like-minded people want to talk about. Um, You don't have the pressure of being on camera. You don't have the pressure of being absolutely perfect. And I think there's an expectation with podcasting to not be perfect. And that brings it back to that authentic voice. Yeah. And especially in the B2B space where Julian, what you said, it's funny. What comes to my mind is all it really is, if, if you were to take a very cynical perspective, is a customer testimonial 
that you just turn into a conversation, yep. but that is going to be so much more fruitful. And, you know, I, I guess then on that level, that shows that many people may be just thinking about podcasting is what is the one metric for success? That's going to be my listenership and my download numbers. But here's the whole other end of the opportunity that most people don't see. And I, I'm wondering if you guys can speak to this is there are many different ways in which podcasting can be ROI positive, whether that's something you can immediately translate into a sale or conversion, or it's just, wow, this is having a really positive impact on our brand. One of those metrics could of course be, hey, listen, we got this person, we put them on a pedestal, they feel really good about us, and we can then show this to someone else. And that may not actually just be reflected in our total download numbers. Yeah, I would say having the voice of a competitor on your podcast. I don't have any stats to back this, but I would imagine that's 10x better than just a logo on your website. Mm -hmm. So I, I think exactly to that that point. Um, and you know, one other thing that I would say with that in terms of how you measure it is, you know, you can have a call to action um, to drive somebody to somewhere off of the podcast. And I think with podcasting in general, because it's a digital medium, people are trying to figure out, okay, like what is the ROI of this? And it's not always a dollar amount. It is the fact that you're getting maybe leads or you're um, really building that thought leadership into content because every piece of audio content could then be translated into a blog that then can be put and emailed in your newsletter and all these other places. And so it's an easy medium to just get in front of a mic, talk, and then translate it into other pieces of content that can be used elsewhere. Yeah, it's another option for your audience to consume the content you want them to consume. Let's be honest, not everybody wants to read a case study. Not everybody wants to uh, you know, consume an email or a video that's going to take up or a webinar that's going to take up, you know, uh 30 to maybe 30 minutes to an hour of their day where they have to be in front of a computer. Dylan, you talked about it earlier, the idea of being asynchronous and, and being able to listen wherever you are is a massive, massive, massive benefit of creating a podcast. Um, now, one thing I do want to caveat that with is we would never, ever recommend just reading the case study, you know, in audio form and publishing it. That's like our worst nightmare. You definitely want to, you know, build some sort of narrative or story or something fun around it. But like I said, if you get somebody to take a 20 minute morning walk, or if you take a uh, hour a webinar that you're able to condense into 15 minutes of very concise information, that's going to be, uh, that's going to allow your customer or prospect to learn something new that they wouldn't have learned otherwise because it wasn't an audio form. Then like that alone makes it worth it to create a podcast. Yep. Wow. And I, I guess this is now a little bit of a tangent, but it is an interesting question where Say you are someone who prides themselves on being hyper-creative, and maybe to what you were saying, TJ, is, no, my goal has always been that the way we communicate, uh, I'm the greatest copywriter, that I can ensure that it is going to be translated for whatever our audience is uh, to be a really palatable thing. So. I guess if you are a creative and your goal is maybe copywriting, are you seeing a lot of value? And hey, you know where you could really take this to a whole new level is forget uh, the blogs or, or forget how you're going to title the Instagram post, or maybe those are important, but really figuring out how can this be communicated properly for a podcast is going to be something that will be increasingly top of mind for different companies. Yeah. I mean, from a copywriter perspective, 
if you are a strong copywriter, you know that copy on one platform is not going to work on another. But I think the thing that you can do, and we've done this with some of our clients, is you can have a conversation you know, with a customer, and then you can go back and you can write in some more interesting facts and condense it in a way that tells a story. And so that's where you can leverage those copywriting skills that may be different from writing a blog post where it's harder to kind of do that because in this instance, you have maybe a voice of a narrator and then you have the voice of the customer, um, which can be extremely effective. It's a heavy lift, but it is a creative way to do storytelling with a podcast. Yeah. Um, and then I guess even on that, TJ, it was, it was something you were saying beforehand that I really want to use this as the opportunity to transition into internally for companies. Podcasting will have a lot of value. And this is something that Julian said to me on the phone. And I, I swear it was one of those, you can feel the wrinkle in your brain sort of develop. Like I had never even thought about this, but it makes perfect sense where you know, if you get a, a newsletter that is longer than an article that you would already just read like three fourths of, that's going to be hard to digest. It's not going to stick. Whereas internally, if there is a podcast where you can actually get the voices of other people within your company, um, that is actually going to go a really long way. So I guess, can you two speak to the value to internal communication with podcasting? 100%. And Julie and I are are both aligned here in, in believing that in terms of podcasting, internal podcasting is the next frontier of not only the podcast industry for, for corporations and organizations, but also just for uh, engaging content for organizations as well. Um, it is, especially with the pandemic going on and having a distributed workforce, being able to engage with your employees in this in this uh, day and age is, is extremely tough, like really, really, really effing hard to do. It's hard to do without it um, in a normal, you know, pre-pandemic. So internal podcasting does exactly what you were talking about. It allows you to create content that will be easily consumed uh, for the workforce to do things like highlight um, new executive leadership um, or hiring or excuse me, highlighting uh, new onboards, if you will, or spotlighting a, uh, a win that the, the business just had, or even a loss that can be a learning opportunity. Sales enablement can use it for their sales teams. There is a number of different ways that podcasting can be leveraged. Um, the trick is, is getting the, uh, the, excuse me, the trick is building the culture around it to having your work workforce start to uh, listen to podcasts and then ultimately being able to create uh, the shows that will get your workforce to listen to it. Because as we talked about earlier, your audience is still going to need to be defined. It's just who your audience is going to be within, you know, within the company. Um, so I think we're seeing uh, that trend uh, trickle up uh, pretty quickly here. Um, one of our partners, storyboard.fm, which is an uh, a internal podcasting uh, uh, listening tool um, or app, excuse me, uh, just got funding for $4.5 million in their seed round. So that kind of validates the market that this is something that we're going to see a trend in within, within the industry. Yeah. And, and I'll just add there, you know, again, be very, very clear that do not read an email on audio. Do not strip the audio from a video and put it on as your content that you think is going to be engaging. Instead, highlight and amplify the voices in your company that normally don't get heard or get buried at the bottom of an email. A perfect example, 
most companies have employee resource groups for different communities. I was a part of one at Pinterest called Blackboard. Oftentimes, you know, if there's an event, like, yes, there is a ERG newsletter, but if there's an, a, a newsletter for the company, oftentimes that would be in there, but it'd be near the bottom. And nobody's getting all the way to the bottom of those emails. And so instead, use your piece of content that you've created as an audio in the audio medium and instead have an ad in the middle. And this is something that TJ came up with, like have an ad to amplify that group, have the voice of the leader of Blackboard and have them talk about the events that they have coming up, the work that they're doing and why people should join as members or allies of that group. It's such an easy way to build the culture of your company. And sorry, I wanted to touch on one thing there too as well. The, the great thing about the internal podcasting, especially if you decided to use a distribution tool like Storyboard or any other um, similar tool like it, is that you can start to track where listenership is dropping off because it is a private app. Unlike today, if you wanted to create something that was going to be external that you would put on your SharePoint site or just somewhere on your internet, you can't necessarily see where people are dropping off. So now you can start to learn, well, this 30-minute piece of content or this podcast that we developed about uh, spotlighting the CEO you know, fell off at the 27 mark. Right. And it was 45 minutes long. Well, maybe we should make it 20 minutes. Right. Maybe we should make it more snackable. Um, so I think we're seeing that uh, that a particular trend uh, pick up uh, quite a bit. The, the where where, you know, to be quite frank, is like with anything, what is the ROI of creating an internal podcast? Right. That is going to be the challenge. And that's where, you know, people or companies like StudioPod are here to help develop and, and you know, be strategic, strategic about. Yeah, and just to to touch on on that the ROI piece of it, we'll give you a couple examples of how you can measure it as ROI. Exactly to what TJ said, are people listening all the way through? Like you, there's 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 tools that allow for you to see open rates of emails, but not necessarily if they read the first word to the last word, right? But with this, you can see okay, people have dropped off exactly to what TJ said, but then also because you're amplifying these voices in term, in, internally at the company. When you send out a notice of like, hey, we'd love to have you on the podcast, are people responding and do they actually want to be on the podcast? Are they coming back to you and suggesting ideas of other podcasts that you should have? And you know, not to overhype Storyboard, but they have a, a recording tool where somebody could literally open the app and record like, hey, I'd love to have a show about this and I'd love to be the host of it or I think this person would be a great host. And the admin of that account can ultimately then bubble that up to the, the people who are making those decisions of the content you're creating. Yeah. And as you two talk about this, I swear it's another wrinkle in the brain where I wasn't even considering that, you know, my head was going, okay, that's fine. It's, it's an email. They're going to make it more creative, more engaging, get more voices. And then everyone in the company is going to look to it and it's going to really resonate with every single department. But as TJ, you brought up, it really is, is a part of shifting the culture. And maybe even the company culture, that, that is the prerequisite, is there's going to have to be a change in the company culture before something like this can be fully embraced. And, you know, I, I don't want you two to uh, say anything about former employers or anything of that, but you two have both worked for big tech companies or uh, have done business in such a manner that you are familiar with the internal structures and a lot of those pros and a lot of those cons. So how in the 2020, again, almost 2021 tech world, 
does podcasting really provide the opportunity beyond, hey, this is a great way to get the word out more. Hey, this is a great way to really transform the culture, something that all these companies are also looking to uh, to develop in their companies. Sure, I, I can take a stab at that. And I can speak specifically from a, a SaaS perspective, um, and that, as that's where I spent most of my career. So Sassy. I worked- <laughs> I I worked for Salesforce as a sales engineer, um, and I you know obviously we know Salesforce is a massive company. Um, I worked for you know our individual segment in our vertical alone was like 150 people spread across um, the country. So one challenge that we would always see is the idea of sharing stories and sharing wins and sharing losses and learning from them. How they would do it is they would have a QBR or quarterly business review of, you know, internal prospects of what's happening, you know, who, who did what, who won what. And um, there was a particular call that I was on. It was six hours long. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, I calculated that with all the salespeople that were involved on that particular call, it was about 22 weeks worth of sales uh, of the individual's time that was spent if you... Uh, accumulated all the hours within uh, that one six hour meeting in that particular day. And that's when I was like, this is ridiculous. This is just plain ridiculous. Like there is no reason that any one person should have to sit in a six hour meeting to gather maybe 20 to 30 minutes of real proper, 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 excuse me, retainable information about a sales deal. Um, or who did who did good, who did bad. This is something that could be done really, really fun, really, really engaging, and really, really um, can be really thoughtful through through podcasting. Um, I literally went around and asked everybody in this in this call that I was close with, I'm like, how much of this was worth it to you? They kind of repeated the same thing, and that's when I was like, this needs pod, internal podcasting needs to be a thing here. Um, and if not, then I need to branch off and, you know, create something that would allow people to be able to do that and people that believe in that vision. Um, and that kind of just led the way to studio pod and how we got involved in, uh, internal podcasting. Yeah. And I'll just add to that, you know, I'm, I like to read when the content is interesting, but I don't like to read just to read and, um, any company that I've worked with when it comes to like a, a weekly or monthly, whatever the, com- the comms are that come via email, it's typically, you know, five to seven thumb scrolls. And Dylan, I'll be honest, you lose me after probably the second thumb scroll. And I'm honestly more of a reactive person of like, okay, there is something very, that important in that email. Somebody's going to come find me and tell me that I missed it. And honestly, I tell people this and I'm not afraid to say it, you know, whenever I, if I ever need to get another job is that when I'm on vacation, I don't look at my emails. Like I will never go and look at my emails when I'm on vacation or when I come back, whatever happened when I was gone had nothing to do with me. And if it was that important, somebody's going to come back and, um, ping me and say, Hey, Julian, did you see this? And so the reason for that is because it takes so long to read through all that content. And instead, if somebody said in a weekly newsletter, here are the top five things that you need to know, or here are the top three things from product, the top three things from marketing, top three things from sales. If you want to learn more, you can dive deeper into that particular topic by clicking on the show notes and going to actually do more research on that particular thing instead of having to read seven scrolls later and then be like, ooh, only one of those, two of those, three of those things were actually relevant to me. 
And and I want to answer your question directly, Dylan, because you talked about culture, right? And I think both Julie and I get really excited about this and we can talk <laughs> and go so many different directions, but I want to be very uh, clear about this and answer that directly. This all starts with the idea of having an understanding and letting everybody know that a podcast is available and is critical to the, the workforce or distributed workforce. Um, imagine being hired, you get hired at a company and you get your onboarding. We've all been part of onboarding. You go, you have, you know, the team lunch, you have, you know, the different sessions where the CEO comes and talks to you. And if, if, if they're small enough or big enough, uh, and then imagine that there's an aspect of like, now go listen to these podcasts. Your homework is to fill out these forms about, you know, what you're, what you're going to choose for tax purposes and all the payment information, but also listen to these podcasts that involve your direct manager, that involve your segment, that tell you about the company culture, um, the history of the company, how it got started. Um, and then there you've developed the, uh, the muscle for this individual who just got started to now not only if it's a if it's a if it's a tool like storyboard then they can download but also where they can find more information about the company and then search and find more information that's relevant to them or they're just plainly interested in tj i think like the you nailed it when you said okay you have to fill out all these forms right benefits and all that stuff while you're filling out your benefit forms listen to this because you can't fill out your benefit forms while you're you know trying to read a long thing about the company or read about something. So that content can be created as that. And then exactly to your point, if you establish it on day one of orientation, when somebody's the most excited that they'll ever be working at that company, like that's going to go a long way for them to TJ's point, building that muscle of like, this is just what we do. We have a podcast. This is how we communicate. Completely. Yeah. What that says to an employee, if, if the spectrum is one end of it is the eighties, uh, new blockbuster employee training video where mm-hmm. it's just very corny. And then the other end is, hey, listen, we get you and we get this era so much and we're so forward thinking that here we go. This is a, a podcast and this is sort of our philosophy on things. Um, and also, I guess, touching on company culture where, of course, in 2020, more than ever, uh, I think we're now thinking about how do we amplify the voices of those who have been historically underrepresented and, you know, this is uh, really big in tech, of course, where there has been overrepresentation, and now it's the time to really allow other voices to speak up. Um, and I wonder, is podcasting going to really expedite that? Because one thought I had, Julian, to what you're saying is, you know, if there's going to be an ad, quote unquote, in the middle of one of these podcasts, where it's like, hey, this is a group, this is what we talk about. Um, and this is uh, how I'm telling you about us because you probably wouldn't hear about us uh, otherwise. Uh, with that, and I guess, are there other ways in which podcasting can really help to sort of rectify some of those structural issues that you know do sort of uh, uh, are, are are clearly ingrained in a lot of companies? Um, I think hiring is going to do that. To be honest with you, like I don't think a podcast is going to solve that problem. However with the individuals that you do have at your company, it is going to give them the opportunity for their voice to be heard. And I think one of the heavy lifts of, you know, some of the disenfranchised groups that you have at your company is that not only do they have to create their own community, but then they have to tell everybody that they have a community and make sure that people feel comfortable that they can be allies to that community when that should not be the case. They should be able to, yes, share 
what they're going through as a, as a group, that particular group, and people should be able to hear it and really understand it. And you can't get that tone in an email. You just can't. Right. And so like being able to have their voices be heard in those types of forums is phenomenal. And, you know, we set it as an ad, but like create content specifically to talk about those things with those individuals and have conversations between somebody in that group and an ally and try to get to a point of understanding, I think that will help. But it does definitely start with hiring. And But the one thing I want to add there too, Julian, is creating an internal podcast is a great bottoms-up approach. Oftentimes, we talk to organizations who are like, yep, we want to highlight our CEO and our executive team. And, you know, we're going to talk about the wins and the stories and all this, which is all great. Like you should definitely do that. And that should be part of your podcasting strategy internally. But there are so many other interesting stories and elements of folks or, you know, um, colleagues who were involved that, you know, let's, you know, from a sales perspective, like that, all that call started with, uh, you know, maybe an SDR or business development representative uh, making a a phone call you know out of the blue, and they tried a new tactic of you know of selling or doing their pitch, right? That is interesting, and that also helps other people in that uh, in that same role try something different and take risks that will ultimately be beneficial to the business. There are a lot of moving pieces, um, so I would also say a great way, and kind of you said it too, Julian, to a point is like. Don't forget there's there's a lot of people involved uh, within the business doing a lot of interesting things. You just need to find them, seek them out, and uh, get them to participate in the show. Yeah, you have to do some legwork to find those those individuals. And I, I think it's such a great medium to have like a re- revolving voices kind of come through at different spots to really be heard exactly to that point. Yeah, it's sort of its own internal This American Life kind of, hey, this is this person. They have an amazing story. They contribute something so unique. And to what you were saying, TJ, where it's always, all right, let's get our, uh, you know, our CEO and they will do the interview. They're already getting, you know, front page on The Verge and all these other things. Like they've been amplified enough. You know, your mid-level to bottom uh, worker does not need to know about them. But, um, you know, another question I have, this goes way back to an earlier comment now, but um, you said podcasting no longer, I, I'm going to misquote, but I think no longer in its infancy, it's now starting to walk. Was it's, that uh, to- the way you phrased in it? In its toddlership. In its toddlership. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> it, so it's I wonder, pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and obviously a, a uh, techie world of, hey, what is going to be the next consumer item that everyone's going to be going crazy for? You know, they're thinking about, okay, that's going to be VR. Like, what's going to be that next thing? Uh, I wonder if we take it for whether companies internally or whether it's B2B, um, what is the manifestation of that fully walking uh, person that was once the podcasting infant? So I guess, where do you see this being taken through, whether that being a, a, a further development of podcasting as a medium or whether that means podcasting is really going to branch out and allow for other tech opportunities for companies to streamline communication. Julian, you want to take a stab? Yeah, I'll jump in first. I want to, I want to center it around audio and not just podcasting in terms of that question, because I think that your brand voice doesn't have to be on, you know, a, a feed that's, you know, 
um, you can access via one of the platforms, but it could also be like, how does your voice show up on an Alexa or a Google home um, or Siri? I think there are going to be a lot of different ways to get your brand voice out there. So that's where I see once more and more brands start to do that. I think that that is going to help it to get out of that toddlership. Very specific to podcasting though, and especially I'll touch on internal first. I think with internal podcasting, when you show up on day one and you get your computer, you get your headphones and you get, you know, whatever cords that you need, uh, adapters that you need, hopefully uh, Apple stops making different cords, but like you'll also get handed a mic. A low, like it's it's a very low lift for a company, a growing company, a funded company or a public company to be able to give everybody a mic. And somebody's going to be like, oh, I have a chance to speak on this mic and get my voice amplified. I think that's when we get out of that toddlership. And then I guess from an external perspective, when brands are not only just sponsoring content, you know, and having a, an, an ad in, in a podcast, but they are finding creators to align themselves with and owning those podcasts all the way out in terms of like integrating their brand into that person's podcast because there's an alignment. And just to give you a quick example, we have a product that's called GiftPod. It's the ability for somebody to create an audio memory and give it to somebody in the form of a private podcast. So they record it. We produce it just as we would uh, a podcast that we put out into the wild, but we allow for them to give it to somebody in a private manner. One way that we're going to amplify that is aligning with podcasts that really speak to the customers we're trying to reach. So I'll give a couple examples. One is a podcast called uh, Grief is a, a Sneaky B Word. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to curse on your, if you're explicit Please. or not. But um, this amazing host, Lisa, talks about grief and loss. So we're going to sponsor that because it's such a great gift to remember and celebrate somebody's life. We're, we're sponsoring a podcast called More in Common, which are two gentlemen who have these two daughters and they're recording messages for them you know, every so often. And now they can send us those recordings and we can produce them. And lastly, we're creating our own podcast. It's called The Bride to Have Been Podcast, which is actually launching on the 21st. And ultimately, it's a way to capture the stories of brides who have been faced by this pandemic, as well as wedding planners, wedding vendors, industry uh, executives. And we're going to be able to tell their story. And the idea is that it's wrapped in gift pod because that's another... Uh, customer or person that we can reach, but it's a very, very authentic thing because we're bringing them value with hopes that that will help for us to drive that business. I think, I think what I'll add is, and Julian put pretty much said everything that I would say is that eventually, and we're, I think we're very far away from, from this, that eventually it will be absolutely table stakes that there is a podcast team within every organization. I think uh, it will be an extension of the marketing team or internal comms team, uh, or uh, I think where it will fall under is still kind of TBD. But I do think that um, eventually there is going to be a people person dedicated to creating really fucking awesome content. You can bleep that out if, if you don't <laughs> want it on there. Uh, um, but yeah, I think that's that, that's where it's going to go. Um, and you could just look at like how podcasts are being consumed by individuals, you know, how they're being created by individuals and corporations and organizations. It is, it's only a matter of time between before there is like a dedicated individual, or like I said, team to it. Yeah. And I, I guess if we're now taking it full circle for studio pod, 
the focus really is if you were to put it to a sentence and I, I'm going to do it wrong, I, I'm going to say that in advance so you guys can come and correct this, but audio is allowing for a far more authentic story that you're going to get through any other medium that really it's going to be audio. Uh, that's going to allow whether uh, better strengthened internal communication or increasing different uh, prospects B2B, um, that it all is going to be an audio moving forward. And so would you say that is the focus that you two are really going to be putting on uh, StudioPod? Yeah, yeah. I mean, our mission statement is to empower through audio, right? And that's whether you're a, a single female who's wants to talk about the pain points of dating in the Bay Area, or if you're- That was a shout out to dating in the Bay. <laughs> dating in the Bay, or, or you're a CEO of a, of a, of a, of a 19,000 person company who just wants to highlight all the good work that the team is doing across the world. And that's an internal podcast. You know, um, We want to allow those, uh, no matter who you are, what you look like, uh, what you associate with, to be able to create really, really, really cool and engaging content about something that you are passionate about or with a goal in mind that's going to allow you to have your audience learn something new about you, your show, your organization, what have you. I love that. Julian, anything else you want to add on there? TJ nailed it. You know, empower through audio, amplifying those authentic voices and, you know, through our gift pod project, um, really capturing those voices and, you know, putting it in a medium that really could stand the test of time and, um, you know, really outlive individuals so they can always have the voice of the person that, you know, they might be missing on that particular day. Well, all right, guys, I guess in, in the spirit of, uh, podcasting and ads being one of them, uh, as an ending point, is there a, a greater call to action that we didn't get to really touch on here? The only thing I would say is, you know, if you are an individual or an individual at a brand um, that's curious about the space, is scrappy trying to do it on your own, don't hesitate to reach out to either myself or TJ. TJ is TJ at studiopodsf.com. I'm just Julian at studiopodsf.com. And then, you know, more on the, the B2C side, you know, if you are trying to capture a memory of a loved one or celebrate, you know, the life of a, a new child or a, a wedding or whatever it is, check out giveagiftpod.com um, and we'll help you capture that memory in the most meaningful way. And Julian, I'll, I'll say really quick, I did tell you my cousin's wedding got derailed. So this in of itself may act as a very meta prospect here. Yes, get her on a Bride of Bin podcast. Uh, the host is my wife, uh, <laughs> Emily. Emily Lewis. Uh, so yeah, let's get her on there. Awesome. And, and TJ, I guess that same question to you, uh, a greater call to action under the theme of podcasting. Yeah, it's it's kind of our tagline for the pod on uh, podcast, you know, podcasting ain't easy, but it doesn't have to be hard, right? Um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And it is something that we're here to help help any individual or organization, you know, create. Fantastic. Well, again, guys, thank you so much. Uh, this was a blast. Indeed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tube Circuit. Please subscribe for more deep dives and interviews on the direction of digital media.